It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. I'm so hyped right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast with the Rain and Jays. Today, it's me, your boy, Jay King from MassLive.com, joined by Sam Jam Packard, the great. We weren't going to have a podcast tonight. We thought with Gordon Hayward waiting over the next couple of days to take his meetings and with free agency just starting that the Celtics wouldn't be involved or wouldn't be impacted by a lot of the night's events well we were dumbasses as usual because (laughs) the NBA remains on drugs first Blake Griffin agreed to re-sign with the Los Angeles Clippers getting rid of one of the Celtics' potential fallback plans. And then in the big one, the Indiana Pacers traded Paul George to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Domantas Sabonis and Victor Oladipo. What the fuck is happening, Sam? I just, for as soon as that trade came in, I kept on waiting for more tweets saying it's uh, Oladipo Sabonis. And a future pick, and then a, another pick. It's just, it's a, absolutely an absurd deal for the Pacers to agree to. If you're trading away a star and you're trying to rebuild, you want some reason to hope for the future. And it's just, DeMontis Sabonis is not that person. If you want, for the Pacers not to get any picks for Paul George, when, uh, according to a Jeff Goodman report, the Celtics were offering three future first round picks on draft night. It's just an absolutely fleecing of a trade. Um, and I understand that the, the value of Paul George was lessened because everyone thinks he's going to be just a rental, but it's absurd. It just makes no sense. And I just, I, part of me is like upset that Danny Ainge didn't go and like make a move. But it, if the Pacers are willing to take this little for, for Paul George, I can't really be that mad at, uh, at Danny Ainge for not kind of throwing in a Brooklyn pick because 
the three first-round picks that he offered, the Memphis pick, the own Celtics pick, or the Clippers pick, it really should have been a better deal than this. And it just – it makes – my mind is boggled. My it Bottled, boggled, I don't even know what the phrase is right now. But uh, I'm, I'm mad online, and Kevin Pritchard's an idiot. I am going to read two direct quotes from non-Celtic sources I was texting tonight. One – they managed to dump PG and raise their fucking payroll impressively shitty. <laughs> I, hold on, I'm finding the other one. <laughs> Two, direct quote, Indiana is so fucking stupid. So the rest of the NBA, just as shocked as we are, like everyone out there is like, what are the Indiana Pacers doing? Why did they acquire Victor Oladipo, who's like an average player. I don't think anyone thinks he's going to be a star anymore. He's, he's making, making $84 million over the next three seasons or two, four seasons. It's absurd. And then Sabonis, who's like a an okay player. I guess there's some upside there. I don't think he'll ever be a great player. And And the Celtics, like they did go after Paul George. They did target Paul George. It wasn't like they completely backed off. Um I couldn't confirm Jeff Goodman's reporting that the Celtics offered, what do you say, three first-round picks and, and two Jay starters. Crowder. I heard two starters, including Jay Crowder. I heard multiple firsts and multiple rotation players, whatever that means. I'm not sure exactly just, what it was. Adam Himmelsbach just tweeted that at the trade deadline, the Celtics offered for Paul George included the Nets pick this year. So with a pick that turned into Jason Tatum and then three other first-round picks. Now, I don't know if that's true. That sounds like a direct spin from Danny Ainge to try and justify why he doesn't have Paul George. But still, no matter what, even like the Celtics' low ball offer is better than Sabonis and Oladipo. Even their offer that they didn't, like that they countered the the demands of the Indiana Pacers or it was a better offer, in my opinion, than what the Pacers ended up with. So I don't know. It's just, I don't know how you can be upset with Danny Ainge after this. It's just the Pacers, as your source said, are uh, fucking stupid. Yeah, just just totally, totally a wild move. And the thing is, like, let, let's say the Celtics had lowballed the Pacers to this point and were waiting for Gordon Hayward to decide before they really mounted a, a, a legitimate offer. Then why, why didn't the Pacers wait? Like that that Sabonis <laughs> and Oladipo offer wasn't going anywhere. That was gonna be available tomorrow, it was gonna be available the next day, it was gonna be available three months from now, it was gonna be available literally whenever the Pacers front office called Sam Presti and Sam Presti would have had to mute his phone to stop from laughing. It's, so that they wouldn't hear how how excited he was to fleece them, um, just I, I'm just stunned by this move, and and it's it's pretty clear two things: one, the Pacers value Sabonis and Oladipo differently, I believe, than than From most the rest people of the NBA. out there do. Yep, and then two, the market for Paul George was not good, and. And their teams were afraid that he's going to go to L.A. after next year, which 
he or his camp or whoever is pushing it has has not been shy about putting that out there and letting everybody know Paul George is very intrigued by potentially going to the Los Angeles Lakers a year from now. Side note, it would be hilarious if Westbrook and Paul George both leave the Thunder for the Lakers in the same summer. That would be just so special. That would that would make my heart melt, man. That would be so funny. But you don't want to rebuild around Steven Adams and Andre Roberson if you're OKC Thunder. That, that would that would just be hysterical. That would be too much heartbreak for the Thunder. It would be it would be terrible. Um, but but back to back to the trade. Like even if like apparently Kevin Love was on the table as an offer, trade for Love, flip him for other pieces. You'd have to get more than Sabonis and Oladipo. No. You'd have to get better value than that. There, there were so many other options to get better value than this, which is why it's just such a stunning trade and why the Thunder should be ecstatic right now. Like they, they had no real options to improve their team significantly, and bam, the Pacers decided to absolutely lose their scruples, and they just drop Paul George straight onto the Thunder right next to Russell Westbrook, and Paul George... He's kind of the perfect complement to Russell Westbrook. He he's not a guy who who is a great playmaker with the basketball, but he's great shooter. Like can can take advantage of mismatches. He's top defender. Like he's a guy. He's the type of guy you want around Russ because Russ is going to be so ball dominant. It's better to have somebody who doesn't need the ball all the time. And Paul George is that. So the Thunder. God bless the Thunder. Like they made out perfectly, but. But God damn, and, and back to the Celtics, like, the the thing about this is you can say all these reports about what they offered, and and I, it, like you said, even the low ball offer was probably better than what, what the Pacers ultimately got for Paul George. But, but this summer, Jimmy Butler has gone to the Chicago Bulls, gone from the Chicago Bulls to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Markel Fultz, was drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers after the Celtics decided to trade the number one pick. Lonzo Ball was drafted number two to the Los Angeles Lakers because the Celtics decided, again, not to take him at number one, and they would rather drop to three and take Jason Tatum while adding another pick. Already, there are so many missed opportunities in this summer. And, and granted, Tatum could become a stud. He could be out out to... Fultz, he could outdo ball. He could he could become great. He could become a multi-time all-star. There's there's no telling what he will become. But but for this summer, the Celtics have had so so much potential. So many guys have have changed teams, and you know they had the number one pick. They traded it. So this Danny Ainge is going to get judged by this summer, and he is going to get judged potentially harshly. If if they don't get Gordon Hayward and all these guys move teams and the Celtics didn't capitalize and and like Butler didn't didn't fetch a ton for Chicago and Paul George certainly didn't fetch a ton for Oklahoma City you have to believe that Ainge could have topped these offers if he had put the pieces on the table and he's being patient and Hayward's still out there they they could still get him they could still get him without sacrificing as much of their roster as they would have had to, to get Paul George. But it really is 
it's just a wild summer with everything that has gone on and the Celtics haven't been involved in any of it except for trading down from one to three in a deal that could potentially look bad, although it could potentially look great, I'll give you. But Danny Ainge, this is this is a, a just a, a weird summer from him so far. It's beginning to feel like he's a he's a victim of his own success and his own asset accumulation. Like the again, Adam Himmelsbach just tweeted, and other, many other people have said that like the the Celtics have offered in June two starters and three first round picks, but the the Pacers feel like they're they're unwilling to to take that deal because. They know the Celtics have the Nets pick and then the Lakers pick they just acquired. And it just feels like Danny Ainge, when negotiating with these teams, these teams demand the kind of the best assets. And because Danny Ainge has so much, they're unwilling to kind of take the lesser deal, even if it's if it's a better deal, because they don't they think they're like a they're gonna get fleeced by the Celtics. And it's just I understand the frustration from Celtics fans, but if if it's true that the Celtics have offered Two starters and three first-round picks. I just don't know what else to what else Danny Ainge could have done. You just you can't just give up kind of your top assets just for the sake of giving up your top assets, especially when Paul George is a rental. But you're right. The the kind of all of this zeroes in on Gordon Hayward and uh, him signing in Boston. Uh, they I know the meeting uh, with him is going to be in Boston on Sunday. But if Danny Ainge comes away from this offseason without adding really any piece he's going to be judged and that's a that's a failed offseason especially with the amount of cap space they have and as you've mentioned a bunch this is the only time that they're going to have this much cap space they have to add a significant piece in this offseason and if they don't you have to start considering that maybe that they start trading away pieces like Isaiah Thomas or Al Horford and start going for a longer term rebuild just because I don't, there's no way that that the the team as currently instructed, even if just adding Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown getting better and Marcus Smart getting better, they're clearly not going to be contenders for a championship. So at what point do you consider, if Gordon Hayward's not there, uh, start considering that longer term rebuild? And along those lines, just adding Gordon Hayward to this current roster, I still don't think that puts you over the top of Cleveland or uh, especially the Warriors. It's it's tough because it like we you get caught up in the Paul George rumors and then you start thinking that this super team is going to come available. But throughout the entire season, we all kind of just assumed that Gordon Hayward was the one piece they were going to add and then they were going to move forward. But it's tough not to be disappointed when the big offseason acquisition, if it happens, is still not is basically going to put you in the same place as you were, second place in the Eastern Conference. Well, here, here's. Here's my thing, and I think it's too easy, too early to wave the white flag on the future. Andre Iguodala is taking meetings right now. I know that wouldn't be a death blow to the Warriors by any stretch of the imagination, but if they lose Andre Iguodala, that's a big loss to them. That that hurts their their best lineup. That hurts. That like that that that's not a killer loss. They're still the best team in the league if he leaves, but but that would would seriously diminish the Warriors roster. And maybe leave them slightly vulnerable in the future. So, and then the Cavs, LeBron could leave in a year, and they still don't have a general manager. They still are behind the Warriors, I think. 
And if LeBron's not happy, LeBron could leave in one year from now. So it is a possibility that things will get less hopeless for the Celtics, both in the Eastern Conference, which looks worse now after the Bulls and Pacers have both traded All-Stars to the West. And which could, by the way, be another reason for Gordon Hayward to look at Boston and be like, hey, a lot easier path to the finals in Boston than in Utah, where now you got to deal with OKC, which has Russell Westbrook and Paul George. you got to deal with the Timberwolves that could grow up quickly now that they have Jimmy Butler and cap space to go after another guy, maybe Jeff Teague. So it, it's, I'm not ready to, to wave the white flag on on who the Celtics are right now and, and what their current core could do if they add Gordon Hayward, especially if, if Jalen Brown starts to really improve and and Tatum shows that, that he can contribute and other things go well in the future. But but the the dream of adding two stars has to be done now. Like Blake Griffin's gone, Paul George is gone, Jimmy Butler's gone. Gordon Hayward really feels like the only star left who is potentially available. So, and, and like you said, I, I don't think that that puts the Celtics past the Cavs right away. The, the flip side of that is you you don't have to worry about the luxury tax and or as much of the luxury tax hitting you, uh, keeping Paul George and Isaiah Thomas and Al Horford and Gordon Hayward deep into the future. You can still do some of the things that we've talked about for a long time if you get Gordon Hayward, which is co- build to compete for now, Hope that one of the younger guys nudges you into the future and still have all these assets to trade for whatever star comes available next. But, but like, it, it, this still just feels like a weird summer so far. And I, I think if they get Hayward, like, cool, awesome. But not only did Butler and George trade change teams, they did it for, for halls that, that weren't that great and that the Celtics could have potentially matched without losing their entire cupboard of draft picks, which is what I think is most disappointing. It, it wouldn't have taken huge offers, I don't think, to get these guys, or at least it feels like that. And I know the reports about what Boston has offered, and, and maybe Indiana looks at things differently than, than we do from afar, but it just feels like these these guys, Jimmy Butler and Paul George, were out there if the Celtics wanted them. And if they whiff on Hayward, then, then it's it's going to look like they they really missed out on opportunities this summer to to build to with their current core, and now I think that they've got to start thinking about fallback plans for for Gordon Hayward because Paul George isn't a fallback plan for Gordon Hayward anymore. Blake Griffin isn't a fallback plan for Gordon Hayward anymore. Do they go out and try to use their cap space on someone like Danilo Gallinari? Would Paul yeah. Millsap be an option? Like like what are their alternatives? Now, if they don't get Gordon Hayward, because like we said, that cap space is, is a one-time thing. And and I know maybe you'd have to make decisions in, into the future about what to do with a roster that, that maybe isn't, you know, championship content, contention ready. But but if, if you can bring in an asset for without giving out anything and, and using cap space, then then you got to do that. And, and maybe they go after like an Amir Johnson type of, of addition where, you know, you go after a, a pretty good player who's not going to cost you the farm and you can still try to keep 
Kelly Olenek and still try to do these other things and, and try to limit the, have a short-term contract for the, this guy. And, but whoo, I mean, just a, just a wild, 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 wild summer so far. The NBA is absolutely out of its mind and the Celtics are in the middle of everything, but haven't gotten anything accomplished yet. And, and I say that <laughs> like they are a 53 win team that added the number three pick in the draft and, and could and still add Gordon Hayward <laughs> and could still potentially add Gordon Hayward. Like and could still, have two top 10 picks next year. <laughs> to, could have two top five picks next year. Yeah. So, so they're still in an envious position compared to a lot of the league. But to me, this summer was a potential it was a potential time to to vault past where the Celtics were last season, and and they haven't done that yet. and And I think that was the goal this summer. Obviously, Hayward's still out there. That's always been Plan A. Gordon Hayward, free agency Plan A. And if if Ainge gets him without losing a lot of the current roster, then this is a it's a great summer. But but it, it's still it's unsettling a little bit just to see the returns that Chicago and and Indiana got for those those two stars because it really wasn't that much in either case. And and here the Celtics are. If they don't get Gordon Hayward, they've missed out on three all-star wings this summer. Yeah, which, the whole, the whole focus. Good. It's not ideal. It's not ideal to miss out on uh, all three of them, but... Uh, the, the focus turns to Hayward right now, and it really comes down to Utah, him going back to Utah and staying in the Western Conference and having to deal with the Warriors, the Spurs, the Rockets who got Chris Paul, now the Thunder, and the Timberwolves. Uh, the Clippers kept Blake Griffin. They have uh, some decent pieces there. Uh, or he can go to the Celtics or the Miami Heat. It seemed like the only three teams. And I've never really understood the – his meeting with the Miami Heat, I don't, I like, maybe he just loves the idea of playing in South Beach a lot, and it really, but in terms of, like, a, a basketball situation, playing with Al Horford, Isaiah Thomas, and kind of the, the rest of the Celtics, and his former coach and Brad Stevens seems like a, a lot better situation than playing with Hassan Whiteside um, and Goran Dragic and James Johnson, but who knows? Uh, the other the other move I wanted to bring up is the Jazz traded for Ricky Rubio today, um, and it's kind of I heard conflicting reports about how this would impact the Hayward situation. Uh, all the things I heard kind of heading into the the free agency period was that George, or Hayward's like best friends on the team were um, George Hill and Joe Ingles, and the Jazz trading for Rubio would try to would seemingly single or. Uh, signal that they're probably not going to re-sign George Hill. There's also rumors out there that Ingles is going to get a huge offer um, in restricted free agency from the Magic. So that would point to um, maybe a, a better chance for the Celtics re-signing Hayward. But then there's all these other reports that, that the Jazz have established some stability at the point guard position, and that's going to lure uh, Gordon Hayward to stay in Utah. So I'm just curious about what your reaction is. as How does the Rubio trade affect... Um, Hayward's free agency. I think Rubio is really good. I think Rubio is a great player to play with. He's one of the 
best passers in the NBA. I'm not sure if the Jazz team as currently constructed has enough spacing to be great. I'm not sure if changing from Hill to Rubio will impact Hayward because of the friendship he had with Hill. Um, but it, it, it's not a, a downgrade from from Hill to Rubio. I, I think they're they're pretty similar caliber players. Um, I, I think the Jazz did well to get Rubio in, in that deal. So, I mean, they're trying to keep Hayward. It, it's it's pretty clear, but but I'm not sure it'll be enough. And and now the West the West is, is even better than it was before. The West now has two more teams in Minnesota and OKC that are formidable. So I I know Utah is a really good situation. I I know the Jazz have a lot of good young talent. I, I I'm not sure how the Rubio deal impacts things, but but I, I I do know if you're looking at the two situations from a standpoint of who has more talent, who has better opportunities in the future. I think it's clear Boston has better odds of reaching the finals at some point over the next two or three years or four years, whatever the duration of Hayward's contract is going to be. The chances of him reaching that far and and getting a title are better with Boston. But again, like there's the familiarity with the Jazz, and we don't know exactly how much that will impact things. So Celtics, they'll be sweating things out for a few days because obviously a lot of eggs in the Hayward basket now. Lot of eggs in the Hayward basket. No, this is something we talked. Me and John had a podcast a couple weeks ago talking about what what do the Celtics do um, if Hayward goes back to Utah and Griffin goes back to the Clippers, and we didn't have a lot of options in terms of who they spend that money on. You mentioned Danilo Gallinari. It's you never be in a you want to be in a place where you just have to spend money as a as an NBA team just and that's what the Celtics would be in if Gordon Hayward doesn't sign because that's just their one time use of cap space because that's when you end up overpaying for some players that you don't really want um, and I think Danilo Gallinari falls exactly in the uh, that camp of players you don't really want um, I think they they'd be pretty screwed but they like I don't know who else. Maybe they could throw some some offers at like some restricted free agents, maybe like Nerlens Noel, but even that just seems entirely unrealistic. Dallas would probably match that. I just don't know what the solution would be if Hayward returns to um, returns to Utah, or if Hayward goes to Miami. I'm just like I'm gonna I'm about to go crazy like that. Like there's a great article today. Uh, I think it was Brian Winhurst put it out about how much Danny Ainge and Pat Riley hate each other. And let me tell you, I would jump on the Pat Riley hate train even more. There's no reason why he should sign in Miami. It makes zero sense to me. But the Celtics are pretty much like screwed, both in terms of like on-court performance and fan expectations. My God, if you think Celtics Twitter is upset right now, if the Celtics don't get Gordon Hayward and he somehow signs and um, with back with Utah or Miami, I think they're just like the Celtics Twitter universe might explode in just in just fury. It's just people are going to be very mad online, and I'm part of me is uh, excited for it, but I know I'll be also mad online. So it's just it's going to be a wild time over the next two days, and I don't know what the Celtics do 
it's a, I guess it's a good thing that Gordon Hayward's coming to them in Boston, but I don't know exactly what they do to like make their pitch extra special. But it feels like they've been operating in a world where they're pretty confident that Gordon Hayward's coming to Boston. And it's a reason why they were able to trade down from one to three or not be as aggressive for Jimmy Butler or Paul George. But I don't know what the solution is if they don't end up with Gordon Hayward. Put him on a duck boat tour, man. <laughs> Hope the weather's beautiful. Hope the weather's we know, beautiful in Boston. We know Tom Brady won't add to him because Tom Brady's been torturing him for. Uh, I I bet if he met Tom decades. Brady, he would be starstruck just like anyone else. Tom Brady. Yeah, I, Tom Brady is a god among men. Even, the thing even, is, even people who don't who don't love Tom Brady's team and who have rooted against Tom Brady for years. If you meet Tom Brady. You're like, God damn, this man is beautiful and he can throw the football better than anyone who ever lived. But Tom Brady's not going to a Gordon Hayward meeting. He'll, Oh, he'll go to the Hamptons for a Kevin Durant meeting because he recognizes the talent that is Kevin Durant. But I don't think he's flying in for to try and recruit Gordon Hayward. So I don't even think he could get Tom Brady because Gordon Hayward's not at the level of Kevin Durant. They should bring in an eSports star, man. Hayward's Jonas, a gamer. They should just re-sign Jonas Derebko real quick. <laughs> Uh, all right, that's that's enough for this podcast. We just want to get something quick out there. Reaction to the Paul George trade. Wild, wild night. Also, disclaimer, this could all change. This is We're recording this right now. It's 11.45 p.m. Who knows what craziness could happen um, when Woj is finally allowed to tweet again in uh, 15 minutes. Craziness could happen. Woj, Woj. We haven't even got Woj yet. This is, this is wild, man. This is insane totally insane but anyway that's it for this episode the lockdown celtics podcast search for us wherever you listen to podcasts subscribe to us and thank you for listening take care fashion hotline hi my family's going to a tailgate and i want our style to stand out from the crowd just go to old navy old navy yep old navy's got all the latest fall styles plus during old navy's colossal sale you'll save up to 50 percent off store-wide did you say up to 50 percent off i did so don't sit on the sidelines old navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks stylish dresses from 15 bucks and comfy tees for the family from just six bucks right now at old navy and old navy.com we're cheering for old navy high fashion old navy valid 10 2 to 10 10 select styles only Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.